0: Section 16 of Irish Fairy Tales by James Stevens. The Boyhood of Fionn, Chapter 4. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Fano Jahangiri. Irish Fairy Tales by James Stevens. He was given good training by the women in running and leaping and swimming. One of them would take a thorn switch in her hand and Fionn would take a thorn switch in his hand and each would try to strike the other running round the tree. You had to go fast to keep away from the switch behind and a small boy feels a switch. Fionn would run his best to get away from that prickly stinger. But how he would run when it was his turn to deal the strokes? With reason too, for his nurses had suddenly grown implacable. They pursued him with a savagery which he could not distinguish from hatred, and they swished him well whenever they got the chance. Fionn learned to run, after a while he could buzz around the tree like a maddened fly, and oh, the joy, when he felt himself drawing from the switch and gaining from behind on his bearer. How he strained and panted to catch on that pursuing person and pursue her and get his own switch into action. He learned to jump by chasing hares in a bumpy field. Up went the hare and up went Fion and away with the two of them, hopping and popping across the field. If the hare turned while Fion was after her, it was sweet for Fion, so that in a while it did not matter to Fion which way the hare jumped, for he could jump that way too. Long ways, sideways or bow ways. Fion hopped where the hare hopped, and at last he was the owner of a hop that any hair would give an ear for. He was taught to swim and it may be that his heart sank when he fronted the lesson. The water was cold, it was deep, one could see the bottom, leagues below, millions of miles below, a small boy might shiver as he stirred into that wink and blink and twink of brown pebbles and murder, and these implacable women threw him in. Perhaps he would not go in that first. He may have smiled at them and coaxed and hung back. It was a leg and an arm gripped then, a swing for fun, and out and away with him, flop and fluff for him, down into a chill, deep death for him, and up with a splutter, with a sob, with a grasp with everything that caught nothing, with a wild flurry, with a raging despair, with a bubble and snort as he was hauled again down and down and down and found suddenly that he had been hauled out. Fionn down to swim until he could pop into the water like an otter and slide through it like an eel. He used to try to chase a fish the way he chased hares in the bumpy field. But there are terrible spurs in a fish. It may be that a fish cannot hop, but he gets there in a flash, and he isn't there in another. Up or down sideways or endways, it is all one to a fish. He goes in and he is gone. He twists this way and disappears the other way. He is over you when he ought to be under you, and he is biting your toe when you thought you were biting his tail. You cannot catch a fish by swimming, but you can try and few try. He got a grudging commendation from the terrible women when he was able to sleep noiselessly in the tide, swim under water to where a wild duck was floating and grip it by the leg. "Come on," said the dog, and he disappeared before he had time to get the ack out of him. So the time went and fume grew long and straight and tough like a sapling, limper as a willow, and with the flirt and spring of a young bird. One of the ladies may have said. He is shaping very well, my dear, and the other replied, as in a morose privilege of an ant, He will never be as good as his father, but their hearts must have overflowed in the night, in the silence, in the darkness, when they thought of the living swiftness they had fashioned in that dear fair head. End of chapter 4 Recording by Fano Jahangiri.